The definition of conviction is a firmly held belief. Leadership looks different for each person, but every leader has strong convictions that pave the way for how they guide their people. Whether you're an experienced leader, a current leader, a novice leader, or a soon-to-be leader, this podcast is a must for you. Through this show, we will hear leaders share their convictions, the struggles they face, and the challenges they have overcome by staying true to their convictions. Leadership, it can be hard and it can be lonely. My goal is to connect you with leaders who have walked that journey and want to show others the way. This is Bo Vincent, and you're listening to The Conviction of a Leader. All right, guys, I just want to welcome you to The Conviction of a Leader. My name is Bo Vincent, your host. I am so excited to have my first guest. And this is an important guest to me because this is my personal business coach, somebody that I trust, somebody that I look up to. So um, thanks for being on the show, Craig. This is Craig Wiggins. Craig, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are? Yeah, man. And Faith, appreciate the invite and uh, yeah. looking forward to talking to you today. Um, <clears throat> my name is Craig Wiggins. I've been in the insurance business for about 30 years now. And um, I sold my agencies earlier this year to focus on coaching and consulting. Been doing that for several years while running the agency. And um just felt like the time was right to focus all my attention towards that. So that's what I do every day now. I spend the majority of my time doing Zoom calls just like this uh, with our clients, um, doing workshops, doing live events, that kind of thing. But it's all centered around just trying to help people be successful, whether an owner or a staff person or um, you know someone that's in our industry that's just struggling or, or maybe is doing really well and trying to take it to another level, you know. Like both, you know, so yeah. that's what I do all day long, every day. That's, that's what I enjoy. That's what I'm passionate about. And I'm um, looking forward to talking to you today. Good, good. Well, obviously I can vouch for what you do and you do it pretty dang well. So, um, yeah, you don't just do it. You are great at it. So I want to ask you a question, so actually a question I've never even asked you about, and we have a pretty good relationship. So and, and Craig, right before this Zoom, since Craig is my first guest, he said, hey, we're just talking, man. We talk all the time. So I appreciate the uh, vote of confidence and just reminding me that this is just two friends talking. That's so right. I've never asked you at what point in your life did you decide to be a leader or recognize that you could be a leader? Were you naturally a leader? Is this something you work towards? No. And... <clears throat> I mean, man, even really to this day, I have a hard time describing myself as a leader, you know, and you, you may have heard some of my story, you know, and maybe one of our events or something. But yeah, when I first got in this business, it was all about, honestly, fear, intimidation, manipulation, whatever I needed to do to get people to, to perform so that I could grow. And it really wasn't until, and I and honestly, I had a lot of success with that. I mean, like I, I would, if you wanted to find success as, you know, money and recognition and all those kind of things, um, it was going really, really well for a long, long time, years. Yeah. But then in 2008, my youngest son, he was, he was diagnosed with cystic fibrosis. And that really changed everything in terms of the way I looked at business, people, um, how I treat people, you know, that type of thing. And really kind of 
forced me to re-engineer everything in the business and make it all about the people, about, about my staff, because there wasn't a lot I could do for my son, but there was, there was a lot I could do for my team. They were, and they were counting on me, you know, very much like, you know, like my kids and my family was. So I changed everything then and um, really tried to make everything about other people. Like, what can I do? If I, if I can make, help them accomplish their goals, then, you know, I felt really good. And, and what was funny is it actually, it worked out to my benefit when, when you show people yeah. that you care about them and you're interested in them, you know, they do more and they, and they reach your full potential. And for months there, this was an OA, you know, in the middle of the financial crisis, probably wasn't the best time to reorganize everything and rip it all up and start over kind of, but, but it, it worked, you know, and we had record month after record month after record month. And wow. um, it was just, it was an amazing time. And I, and I learned a lot through that process. And then luckily later that year, we found out that he was actually misdiagnosed that he didn't, he, he didn't even have cystic fibrosis. He just had symptoms of it. So wow. it was, uh, you know, I, I know you're a spiritual guy and I don't know how mm-hmm. spiritual people are watching or listening to this, but you know, sometimes maybe, maybe you kind of get tested sometimes, right. And, and yeah. see how you respond. And, and, and that worked out really well. So that was really, now look, to be clear, you know, sometimes I can still be a hard ass, right. I'm still kind of, I know. You know, I'm blunt. I'm like, and, and it's all, it's all really to help people get where they need to go. Whether whether it's clients, um, staff, you know, people in my organization, I'm just wired that way. Where it's like, look, the the best way to deal with this is to be blunt about it and just and just you know be who I am. So some of those things still come out, but I think the right. reason a little bit different. The motive is different, and. Um, you know, it's been really rewarding since then. So I would say that was the time when things changed in the way that I approached, you know, dealing with people and being um, a leader, so to speak. Yeah. So one of the things that drew me to you uh, when I first talked to you about potentially being my personal coach was uh, my why in making sure that your why is, it doesn't have to be the same, but very similar, right? My why is to develop a leader greater than I in less time. And if you remember, one of my first questions to you was, hey, I want to be where you're at in less time. I don't know how long it's going to take, but I want you to teach me what you've learned in 30 years, in three years, you know, in 10 years. So it's not about I want to be there today, but I just want to learn what you learned over 30 years in this podcast. You know, the conviction of a leader is about what convictions or beliefs that you hold firmly and you believe that uh, other leaders should live by. So is there any convictions or just firmly held beliefs that you as a leader that you lead, you've led through your agency, uh, agencies, or through your coaching platform now, uh, is there something that you just hold on to that really just keeps you straight and narrow? Yeah, I think, I think, and and, and I would say that I think you've done a great job since we started working together. And I think well, thank you'll, you. you'll far exceed anything that I ever accomplished in the insurance world, um, just based off where you are now. And it's, it's well, been thank a you. pleasure to work with you and and watch you, you've grown significantly. And this podcast is a great, you know, example of that, what you're doing today. Um, look, to answer your question, I, I think that the biggest, the biggest conviction that I have when I'm working with whoever it is, is to be honest, you know, and, 
people ask that question all the time about, Hey, how should I handle this? Or how should I handle that? Or what should I do here? I'm like, dude, just, just be transparent. If you're transparent with people and you're honest with them and you're open and you're willing to deal with things in the moment instead of like letting them, like I have the saying of conflict delayed is conflict multiplied. Right. right. So I just want to be, I want to be honest in the moment. And does, does that sometimes ruffle feathers? You know, it, it probably does. There's a way you can be honest and transparent with people without being a jerk. Right. To let things go or to hope they get better, you know, or just, you know, be in la la land about what's really what reality is. That's a terrible strategy. And that leads to more and more and bigger problems. So when I'm working with somebody, whether it's somebody in my organization or a client, I think the, the best thing that I can do to help whatever that situation is, is just to be honest and be, and be transparent about things. I think if you'll start there and then do what you think is right in your heart as you move forward for whatever you think that potential solution is. Um, I think that's, that's the best place to start. And then, you know, take an action on whatever those things are. And that a lot of people have a really tough time with that, but I think it starts there, man. If you, if you're honest with yourself, we lie to ourselves more than we do anybody else. By the right. Way, right. We're talking to make we do. Uses as to why we can't do things. So be honest with yourself, you know, being self-aware is really important, but when you have an issue in front of you and you're trying to figure out, you know, what's, what's the best way to handle this. And you're off. A lot of times you get this fork, you know, and you got to go one way or the other and you need to make a decision. Um, I would say that the best way to deal with that is just to be transparent. If you're transparent and you're open and you're honest, those people. um, And again, you can do it in a nice way, but and sometimes maybe it doesn't come across so nice, you know, but right. sometimes the best thing you can do is just deal with things, you know, so people struggle with that. People really love to, you know, hope is not a great strategy, but people no. love to implement that. And um, a lot of times that doesn't work out very well. So that's what I would say. Nice. Well, so I want to ask you something. Was there a leader in your past that was maybe not transparent or was transparent or something, where did that come from? Was it something you developed in your experience or did you witness another leader lead like that or the opposite of that? Well, that's a good question. And I would say there's two people. One, my dad, my, my yeah. dad, he has phenomenal dad integrity and his, his uh, pinky than, than most people do in their whole body. He's, he's going to tell you the truth. Yeah. He's going to be honest. He's going to be upfront. Um, just a great, great example of, you know, what I should try to live by. Right. And, and right. I try, I try really hard and sometimes I don't succeed, but I, I try to live up to that. So he's really set the example for me. And he and I worked in the business years ago when I first started my agency, we had the, the same location. We had an agent, both of us had an agency, but it was in the same building. So I learned a lot from him, obviously growing up, but even getting in the business world, I learned a lot from him about what to do. And right. look, I've had, you know, without calling names, I've had several uh, bosses that I worked for that didn't, you know, run their organization that way. And, um, and you know what, I was that way in the beginning. I, I, I did not do a good job with that. I mean, like I said, when I first started my business, um, I was very selfish and it was all about, you know, just trying to get as big as I could, as fast as I could get there. And anybody that, that was a hindrance to that, they were just in my way. And, um, you know, it, it, that was a problem for me for several years too. So, you know, I'm not, uh, I'm not totally innocent in that whole regard. I, I didn't do a good job with that, but 
but luckily, you know, things turned around and, and, um, head in the right direction. But that, that's probably where that came from is, you know, yeah. is just learning from him. And then frankly, going through that situation with my son, that probably just, it helped me turn the corner on a lot of these things. Um, and you know, as you get older, you, you mature a little bit and you get a little wiser and, and, um, you know, that's how that worked out. But that's what I would say is that those, there's multiple people that I work for that I learned a lot of what not to do. Right. And unfortunately, honestly, man, some of that stuff, it did carry over when I first started because I saw where some of that was effective in what they were trying to do with their business. And I probably did apply some of that with what I was doing. And then, you know, you realize one day that's just not the right way to do it, you know, and, and that, you know, it worked out okay in the end, but I do feel bad about that in the beginning. It was not good. And um, hopefully people can learn from that. Right. Well, I appreciate you being transparent. Like you said just before this, that when you're transparent, people want to follow real people, right? People need a hero to look up to. And Simon Sinek is is somebody that I've like, I, I've, I've really appreciated his uh, leadership advice in some of his books, but he, he said uh, leaders make people feel safe. And in order to, to feel safe, you have to be transparent because if I tell you, hey, Craig, this isn't going to hurt, I'm lying to you if it really is going to hurt. So to be transparent and say, it's going to hurt, but I'm going to be here with you. Or, hey, I made a mistake, but you know what? We can fix that mistake and, and we're going to all learn from that moving forward. So the one thing that I wanted to, to ask you next is that um, I believe that you have to first believe that you're great in order for people to believe that you're great. You know, maybe your mom or your dad might say, Craig, you're great. You're special. But it really take it, it took me to believe that I was great to actually start to see that I, man, I, I could be a great leader. So do you know, did you think you were a great, like great at what you did or what you do? When did, when did that really click? Was it, uh, you were at a tire shop before in, uh, insurance, which really helped shape some things. Was it there you realized, or was it after that? I'll be honest with you, man. I, I never have really thought maybe up until frankly, just a few years ago. Yeah that I was anything special. Honestly, I would get frustrated when people weren't having similar success because yeah. a lot of what we do, you know, sometimes things like some of what you do, it just comes easy to you. Right. And a lot of the stuff that we do today, it just comes easy to me, like dealing with yeah. things, solving problems, talking to people, whatever it is. And it was so frustrating to me. It's like, why is this person having such a hard time doing X. And in my mind, it was simple. And I guess it was probably, you know, my wife probably just, she probably had a lot to do with that. Just kind of convincing me over time. That's like, look, there's not many people that can do this at the level that you do it at. So you can get all the recognition and all the awards and, you know, make all the money and all that. But I think for me, it just, it never really clicked maybe about maybe six or seven years ago when I started consulting and started working with people and just really get, a lot deeper into the root issues of what they were dealing with and then kind of comparing how I would deal with that versus what they were doing and realizing, Hey, there, this was a lot easier way to do this. And, and a lot of it just does. I mean, look, there's a lot of things out there that I, that I can't do. Right. There's a lot of things right. that I would be terrible at. Um, but this I'm pretty good at, like I, I can, I can help somebody work through a situation. And, and I think it took me a long, long time to really understand 
um, that maybe I had a little more talent than, than somebody else when it came to those types of things. So I don't know when that moment would, would have been, but probably, you know, really just a few years ago is when that wow. kind of hit me that, all right, you know, maybe, maybe you got a better way of approaching this than, than some other people do. And, and then we ran with that, you know, and that's, that's how we built CWC. You know, you know what I love about you for real? I, I love that you are able to identify who you're speaking to. Some people will say audience, but I don't even want to talk about it like that. But you appreciate the person in front of you and you speak to them on their level. I'd like to think that Craig would be best friends with the janitor or the CEO. And I, I really appreciate that you have that personality naturally that comes to you and you're just able to and you may <clears throat> you may feel more comfortable talking to the janitor sometimes based on some of our past conversations. But uh, I really appreciate that. And and I I had this thought, and I already did an episode on it that'll release either before or after this. But it's about us being planted as a tree, right? And our roots are our knowledge and our experiences, right? And in order to water those roots, you have to surround yourself with great people. Okay. And as the tree grows and the branches, so you have a lot of branches right now. You had insurance, you have, you know, CWC coaching, mentoring, you got a lot of branches, right? So in order to, to keep those roots strong and planted, I'm tying this back to you and your business. I said that you have to surround yourself with great people that are in your corner, a great mentor, great friends. And tell us about what CWC does for people that's that came from your vision of like surrounding. So tell them even you could even use me as an example, how um, I've come into CWC and I've been able to surround myself with people that are watering my roots and growing my knowledge and my experiences. Yeah. And I, I appreciate that. The kind words. And yes, if the janitor likes to deer hunt, I would much rather talk <laughs> to the CEO because I'm a big deer hunter. Yeah. I'm a football, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I try to I try to treat everybody the same, and and yeah. when it comes to um, CWC and the group that we have, um, I'm very particular about who represents what we do. You know, as you know, we've had some conversations, right. you know, specifically about you being a part of that, and, I, and I'm looking forward to that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't want people here that don't share my values or approach things the same way. I, I told. You know, my entire team, when we first started, like, look, guys, this is this is not going to be about the money. This is going to be about doing the right thing for people. Right. I came out of another organization that, you know, it, that was not really the the focus. And I wanted to change that. I wanted it to be about what was what was the right thing to do for these people would be. And then, you know, just let everything work out from there. And, that, and that's worked great. And we tried to bring people in, all of our coaches, all of our staff, I think they all have the same values that I have. So when we're working with people, you know, it's, it's just, it's reality, man. You have in this industry, there's a lot of people that are, that are working with people that work in the same company. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times they just don't, they don't really have their best interests at heart. They, they, they're looking out for their comp plan, what the, what the company wants. So we come out with it from a totally different angle, like with you, you know, when we first start working together, it's all about what does Bo want? Like, what are your goals? What are you trying to accomplish? I don't really care what your carrier wants out of you. I right. want you to be able to live the life that you want to live. 
And your business should just be leveraged to make that happen. You shouldn't be a slave to your business. I'm not a hustle and grind all the time like someone's chasing you. That That's not my, my mentality. Right. Is we're here for a very short period of time and we need to take advantage of it. And yes, you need to be successful with your business um, in order to, to make the most of your life, but it shouldn't dominate your life. You shouldn't be sacrificing moments with your kids or your wife or your friends or the things that you want to do personally right. because you're chasing something that at the end of the day just doesn't really matter, right? So, so true. I want to try to, I just want to try to help people leverage what they have mm-hmm. so they can get what they want. And while at the same time, try to keep them focused on what's really important and um, and make sure they maximize those time. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a firm believer that every day, you know, whatever you do that day, you're, you're literally trading that for a day of your life, right? Because you're never going to get that day back. So like this, what we're doing today, you know, we're never going right. to get this day back. Hope this is a good trade. Hope it's a good investment in what both it of will us be. are trying to do, right? Yeah. And I think that's the way people need to look at things, you know, because... Look, I have, I've had two friends die in the last three weeks that were in their fifties. Wow. You know, and I just started to hear that last year. You know, yeah. Me, I, I appreciate that. And it's just like, what are we doing? You know, you're out here chasing all these things. And a lot of people think that money will just solve all their problems. Once they get, once they get so much money, everything will be fine. And that, I can tell you that is not the case at all. I know a lot of people, a lot of friends that have yeah. money. But that doesn't mean that you're happy, you know. So no, I just try to I try to build our team with people who have the best interests of our clients at heart, and we'll be honest with them, and we'll really truly do everything they can to help them get what they want. And I think if we do that, if we stay that, that's the that's our core of what we're trying to accomplish. Um, I think we'll you know we'll be really successful, and so far that's worked out really really well for us. Right. I, I, I would agree because when I was talking about watering the roots, I, I brought, we, we agreed to work together because, you know, you would tell the audience that you don't work with everybody that wants to work with you. There has to be a fit there. Right. So what, what's great is that I was able to work with you, but through that came this inner circle that you created. Um, and I don't know if it was a vision, uh, of everybody that you just worked with eventually would meet each other and work together. But man, I, I would tell you that some of my greatest friends, right. To you, you know, one of them, I think his name's Bert and they call me Ernie. No, I'm just kidding. So, but, but yeah, like there's some great friends in great relationships. What's great about it is that it was a professional relationship that turned personal. And I really appreciate what you've provided professionally personally, and then the people you've introduced me to. So uh, CWC is much bigger than a one-on-one coach, and you've done a a good job building that. Now, let's talk about Wendy for a second. I was thinking about, as you were talking, you brought her up a couple different times. How important is it for a leader to have somebody they can rely on, whether it's a spouse, a best friend, a confidant, or a mentor, how important is it to have somebody like Wendy in your life? And what has she done uh, for you? Does she balance you out? Yeah, look, you, you know, you can't, um, you can't say enough about that. Like I, I've got, frankly, I've got a couple of clients I'm working with now that that's really the biggest problem is they don't get a lot of support when they go home and it, yeah. and it really makes it a lot tougher for them. So 
you know, Wendy and I, we, we met in high school and, and uh, wow. known each other, you know, over 30 something years now. And, and look, to have the support of somebody when you come home where you're not going to get, you know, nagged or hassled or any kind of grief about working late or doing this or doing that. Back in the early days, there was, there was a lot of sacrifice we made. Right. And I was pretty strategic about when to sacrifice. So I didn't, you know, miss out on things, but you know, there's still things that you got to do and to have the support of somebody like that. And I, and I, and you mentioned several different people, you know, your, your spouse, you know, best friend, a mentor, mm-hmm. frankly, all those people, they play very, very different roles, you know, yeah. because a lot of times, look, your best friend, <laughs> your best friend's probably going to tell you what you want to hear. They're, they're rarely is your, best, and maybe if they're truly your best friend, maybe they'll right. tell you, but most of the time they're going to tell you what you want to hear. They want to, they want to keep things civil, all that. Um, and sometimes you need a mentor to like put you in your place and call you on your BS and yeah, to make excuses. But your spouse, you know, your spouse needs to be there for you to support you through thick and thin and and just help boost you up and and recognize when maybe things are uh, are really tough. Um, and that can play a huge role. It has for us. I mean, whether it's with the the agency or other businesses, um, a brokerage business, CWC, she's involved in pretty much everything that we do. Oh yeah. And is a huge, huge part of it and really helps with a lot of things that sometimes people, they don't know anything about like the inner circle event you mentioned. And, and look props to you because used to, we only had one of those a year. And just for you guys watching, listen, this Bo is the one Bo and another member came to me earlier this year and they want to do another event simply to help other people, not really to try to get more access to me, but to really be able to help other people. Yeah. And, and we did that. And we had another, like an early spring, I think it was in February, March, something like that. Another event. So we added another event to the calendar to give people more opportunities to work with one another and, um, and visit and mastermind and help. And, and we wouldn't have done that had you guys not come to me and, and asked me about that. So those kind of things, man, whether it's your spouse, your friend, a mentor, other people that you meet that are like-minded and trying to be successful and, and doing the same kind of things. People, you know, there's an old saying that you're the average of the five people you hang around, right? Oh, yeah. A lot of truth to that. You show me your friends, I'll show you your future, right? If you if you don't surround yourself with people, and, and look, if you're always the smartest guy in the room, if you're always the, the number one person, um, you're probably not going to grow very much. You, you need to get around people who will help you, you know, help you level up. I, I just started a relationship a couple, maybe a couple of years ago with this guy that, you know, friendship that he just sold his company for $275 million. Wow. Know, wow. That's pretty cool. That's and a big deal. Yeah. Sure it is. And, and, and he has another one that he sold. So I think he sold about 50% of that and for another 70 something million dollars. So Whew. to be around people like that, that have had to make those decisions and be a part of that process and learn what needed to happen to not only get to that point, but then to actually execute on it. I want to be around people like that. I mean, that's, you know, I want a private jet one day, you know, and right. I don't, I'm, I'm probably never going to get it, but um, being around people like that sure can't hurt. Right. So right. yes, having a spouse that's supportive, having a circle of friends who help you level up, and I think having a mentor is really important as well um, to be able to, again, sometimes call you on what you need to be called on. Sometimes that's some of the most effective coaching that, that I do is recognizing that someone has the ability, they have the talent, they've got the potential, 
but they lie to themselves about why they're not doing it. Mm-hmm. And I have to call them on that because right. nobody else is, is doing that. And, and that's how people, you know, they grow and they start having some success. So yeah, Wendy's been huge. There's a, I, I can't say enough about her, everything that she's done. It's just, it's just been amazing. For yeah. a big part of my life, obviously, but, but with the business, it's just been a huge, huge part of our success. Yeah. So Wendy has been awesome. And who doesn't love Wendy that meets her? Um, and and we have some parallels in our life. We haven't we haven't got fully into, but I met my wife when she was 13. I was 13, 26 years ago. Or sorry, 23 years ago. I'm not that old yet. Um, but she, you know, when you have a wife like Wendy or Kristen, they tend to know you and they call you out when you're not being true to who you are, whether you're, uh, but they know you deep down and they know how you've developed and how hard you work. One thing that Wendy is that said about you, because Wendy probably calls you out on your stuff one-on-one, but she's the biggest cheerleader of you in public. And I, I, I love that. And she'll call you out in public, but not, not to embarrass you, but you know, Wendy said, <clears throat> Bo, if you knew how many notebooks Craig has filled <laughs> at, at 1am when he wakes up and just can't turn his brain off about a client or a friend or a customer or business that he needs to go right down. He fills up. She said, I probably have boxes of notebooks that Craig has filled up. So she loves you. And it's evident in your career and success in relationship. So I love it. So, so great leaders, we don't wish to change our past, right? We get excited that we get to decide our future. So there are things, obviously, that I I would love to change, but I realize I can't change it, right? So I just get excited that I can, you know, navigate the future differently. So I'm going to ask you a question, and maybe maybe asking for some transparency here. But what's the toughest lesson that you've learned as a leader that you'd be willing to share with everybody listening today? Oh yeah, I mean, there's. There's a bunch of them. Um, probably the most practical that can be applied to people that are, that are watching. When you know, like I'll give you an example. This was probably 15 years ago. Yeah. And I had an employee that I knew I needed to, you know, I needed to get rid of her. Yeah. But but she had so much experience and, and knew so much about our business that my, my plan was that I would hire my way out of that, that I would hire enough people that eventually that I could replace her because I was too scared to, to get rid of her. Mm-hmm. Well, all the people that I hired, she basically infected, right? She drove like, them out. Yeah. Like cancer. So we're having a meeting one morning and um, trying to implement something. And I don't even remember what it was, but they all had the same attitude that she had, you know, all had their arms folded and look at the floor and just no, no regard for what we were doing. And, um, I got, I just kind of asked them all if they had, you know, the same feeling that this lady had and nobody really said anything. They were all, you know, kind of in agreement that, that this was something that they were going to fight. So I terminated all of them right then. <laughs> just like started over. Oh man. A $5 million dollar book at the time. I remember I called my dad. My dad was retired then. I'm like, dad, you, you still got your license, don't you? Cause I, I need some help for a few weeks. And I, and I rebuilt it. So what I learned from that is when you have somebody in your business that is toxic, that is a that is a culture killer, that is cancer, you have to get rid of them. You, you it, doesn't, it doesn't matter how much they know, how much they produce, how important you think they are to your customers or the rest of your staff. 
when you know that person's causing you problems and, and they're, they're a cancer and, and, and a culture killer, they got, they have to leave. Right. And I learned that lesson then. And I applied that yeah. many, many times through the years moving forward. And I've helped people do that. You know, we've got another group member in the group, Nick, yep. he had someone like that. He bought an agency last year and had somebody been there for years, same kind of thing. And I gave him that advice, talked through that situation, that story. And he terminated that lady and it was tough in the short term. Yeah. Here it is it was. now a year later and he's reached the very successful pinnacle of the, of the leaderboard. So look, I think that's probably, I mean, there's a lot of little individual, you know, personal kind of lessons, I think through the years that you learn with different things. Um, but that from a practical perspective, what anybody, if you're in a, a leadership position, you're managing a group of people, you own a business, when you know, because I, I just believe that when people reach a certain age, you might be able to develop them, you right. might be able to help them, but whoever they are at their core, probably not going to change that. I just, I right. don't, if, if they're a liar, they're a liar. If they, if they steal, they steal, you know, it, that's just who they are. And when someone has that kind of negative, just toxic personality, that's always, you know, bad, you know, everything's terrible, everything, you know, and, the, and they infect other people, to the point where now they turn those people against you, you know, and a lot of times it's jealousy and envy. And and, and sometimes that, they don't even know what's going on. They don't even, they have no idea what you're dealing with as an owner, but they see exactly they make assumptions. Right. So when you see that, you better deal with that or that's going to cause you problems. That that's, that's probably the biggest, most practical lesson that I've learned that I, since I've been in business is to, is to deal with those kind of things as they come up and not let that fester and not let it, just ruin my organization. So that's what I would say. Yeah. You said it already, right? Conflict delayed is conflict multiplied. And, and that is literally, that's the one line of that, that whole uh, situation. But so you don't wish to change it pretty much as you were describing it, you learned from it. And now you, not only do you get to, to identify what it looks like in the future, but you helped so many other people identify it like Nick. And and I've seen some great success from Nick. Nick's become a friend that was part of the professional relationship that's now a personal friend. And I really appreciate you for that. So um, what has been your biggest struggle, just leading insurance, leading a business, leading a family? What, what's been your biggest uh, struggle? Oh, gosh, there's so many, you know, I mean, obviously yeah. today, the, the, the first one that comes to mind is, is obviously staffing, um, you know, through the years, just trying to make good decisions. Um, I'm, I'm, I've always been a pretty decisive person, meaning right. that when I have something, I, I know I need to make a decision, <clears throat> make a decision and understanding that there are things that come that are just part of the process and that you have to deal with that. And I, I think right. that's probably, that's probably like one of the biggest things that I think leaders struggle with is, you're going to have bad times. You know, like yesterday I was talking with another, another coaching client, you know, and he's, he's like really down this month and really struggling and think a couple of things have happened. And I'm like, look, man, this, it's just, it's part of the process to get where you want to go. You're going to have to deal. Not everything's going to be perfect and everything's going to be rosy and everything's going to be good. You're going to deal with things that, you know, they just, they don't work out. And the best thing you can do is be decisive. And then if it doesn't work out the way you want, then you learn from that. So you can deal with it next time and be quicker to identify it and solve that problem. 
And that's how you grow. And I think right. people, people struggle. And like when I started in this business, I had no education, right? No college degree, no money, no experience, none of that. But I was relentless. I was not right. going to fail. You, you were not going to outwork me. Maybe I didn't understand what I needed to know. Maybe I didn't right. understand how to deal with people. But I was not going to lose because somebody else was going to outwork me and do more than what I was willing to do. That wasn't going to happen. So through the years, I've been able to apply that. And sometimes, you know, it's kind of got me in a little trouble with different things yeah. with people. Yeah. But, but I think it has helped me figure out, you know, who I am and then what to, what to do and how to handle things. And when you're decisive and you, and you just make those decisions, you know, sometimes people will have one year of experience 30 years over. Yeah. Later, oh man, that's a good one. They're not any better than they were the very first year they started. Why? Because they didn't make any decisions because they didn't learn anything. They didn't have any tough times. They didn't have to deal with adversity. So they're really stuck back where they were 30 years ago. So just because someone's been doing something for a long time, doesn't mean anything. If you're not making decisions and then dealing with the good and the bad and learning from that and then applying that next time and then make another decision and another decision and taking action, it's really hard to get any better. So Man, I love that. That's kind of my mantra is that even when I wasn't the, uh, the sharpest tool in the shed, when it <laughs> came to business, I wouldn't have, I was not afraid to make a decision. I wasn't yeah. afraid to say, you know what, let's give that a try. Let's do this. Let's hire that person. You know, let's, let's handle this, Wh- whatever it might've been. And that has really helped me figure things out a lot quicker. Um, and then ultimately come up with different processes and things that actually, you know, were successful. So, right. You know, I think that's something that a lot of people really struggle with. And if you will just get serious about that as a leader, if you'll just say, you know what, when I got a fork in the road, I'm going to take all the information I have. I'm going to make the best decision possible based on what I know, but I'm going to make a decision and I'm going to go with it. And if it doesn't work out, you know what, you're still better off than to live with it. Now, you know, now you you have the knowledge of what that does to sit there and just wait and just stare at the fork in the road and not do anything, you know. I have this other saying that the, the streets of life are paved with flattened squirrels that couldn't make a decision, right? <laughs> it's, it's so true. <laughs> all they had to do was go left or right. They couldn't yeah. figure it out, and now they're dead. So Boom. you just have to decide. You decide, you take action, you do it again, you do it again, you do it again, and, and eventually, unless you quit, the only way you'll lose is if you quit. If you keep trying, you keep moving forward, you know, that's how, you, that's how you'll be successful. Well, that's good. I, I appreciate that. Knowing who you are, eliminates a lot of noise and being decisive helps a lot. So what's the last piece of advice you'd want to leave the audience? It could be another one liner. It could be something you've already said, but one last uh, piece of advice for the leaders out there listening to uh, the conviction of a leader. You know, I, I, what you just said something that was really, um, I think really important being self-aware is really important, you know, understanding who you are and mm-hmm. what your abilities are and learning from, you know, what doesn't go the way you want it to go. Um, to me, it's, it's, I'm, I'm not a believer. I know there's some people that they wake up and, you know, they're born and they, 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 they develop their, their, their high school years. Now they're, now they're born leader. Okay. Right. I think very few people are that way. I think a lot of people, I, agree. I know a lot of people that I went to high school with, a lot of people that I played football with or baseball with, whatever, you know, I look at a lot of those guys and, and, and ladies today you know, they developed into great leaders. And I think being intentional about that 
and knowing who you are and, and what you need to get better at and, be, and being unafraid to go out there and do that thing, you know, just like what, what you did. You know, you went out and you sought help. Sometimes people are so, you know, they're so prideful. Yeah. They don't do that. They, they, they're like embarrassed or think that it's a, it's a negative thing to go and seek somebody's help to get where you want to go. And I mean, for you and a lot of other people, it's, it's paid, I would say it's paid big dividends. It's helped you make a lot of decisions that maybe, you wouldn't agree. Make, maybe help you get a little further down that timeline. So being very self-aware, understanding where you are in your life and, and, and what you want. And, and I would also encourage you to think about that too. You know, sometimes people, they don't even know what they want. You know, if you, if you ask them, it's, it almost always goes to money, but that's really, not what what they really no. want. No, you, you need Something to like. Deeper. Yes. What what is it that you truly truly want? You know, and and a lot of my goals they've changed through the years, and you know, my, now my goal is is simply help other people. It's, it's right the, when I see other people become successful. Um, you know, and sometimes that's kind of a you know maybe sometimes people look at that as a goal. It's like you know whatever or, you know they kind of down on you a little bit, but. It's true. I just, I don't, I, I get a lot of satisfaction. I get a ton of satisfaction and I'll leave you with this. I'll tell you this quick story. I've never really told this publicly. Wow. I'm not even sure I told you before or not, but I'll tell you this. In, in 2018, we had our very first um, live event and it was in Dallas, Texas. And we, we, we started CWC in 2017. And I remember I'm at the back of the room, the, the general session had emptied out, gone to the vendor hall. And there's a little group of people in front of me and we're talking, you know, they had questions about some things, whatever. And there's a guy standing behind him and he's like, look at me through my skull, right? He, he's got to talk. So these people move on. He walks up. I look at his name tag. I'm trying to figure out who he is, trying to remember his name. And at first I can't. And he says, I need to talk to you. And I said, okay. And he says, I need to talk to you outside. <laughs> I thought, Oh, great. No. Yeah. So we're walking out to the hallway and I remember who he is. We spoke last fall, the fall before that's 2017. Um, I was on a trip with my family. We're going fall break. I think we're going to Gatlinburg and I had put my number on Facebook for people that needed help, whatever. And he called me and we spent like an hour on the phone. So I remember him and we're walking out in the hallway and we get in the hallway and he gets like right up in my, in my, almost like in my face, wait a lot closer than you would think. Yeah. And he says, he says, um, I just want to thank you for saving my life. And I said, you know, I'm glad business is going well. I'm glad you're doing better. All he says, no, no, no. He said, you don't understand. He said, the day that I called you that night, I was going to commit suicide. Oh, man. And after talking to you, I decided that I would. That has made That's me deep. like it has just driven me from that day that you never know how no. somebody is going to take what you say. You never know how you're going to impact somebody's life. You never know what you do or, or the help you provide. I mean, he had five kids, you know, had five kids. He had a wife and, and um, he never became a rock star. He actually sold his business maybe a couple of years after that, but that has just driven me to no end to say, you know what, there, there's things we can do to help people. There's so many people struggling in all different kinds of businesses that if they just had a little bit of help, a little bit of knowledge, a little bit right. just somebody to talk to, um, it can make all the difference in the world for them where they can sleep at night and, and feel Absolutely. better. Absolutely. So 
that has, has really, um, has really been like the burning, you know, the fire in me to who else can I affect? Who else can we talk to where, where we can do something, you know, hopefully never anything that serious, but just somebody who's really struggling. What can we do to help them get where they want to go? So that's what we've been all about, you know, and and that's, that's what's really driven me since, since that day. Yeah. You'd never take a conversation for granted. And I, I really, really do appreciate that's a, a, an amazing story. That's super deep, but uh, obviously I'm glad that you put your number out that day. And I don't, I don't believe it was a coincidence. So Craig, I, I just want to thank you. Um, Craig Wiggins, everybody, Craig, you grew your agency. I didn't, I didn't hit this in the beginning, but I want to wrap this up, uh, this episode up, but I just want to say, thank you. You grew your agency to one of the largest in your carrier. Um, how many offices did you have at one point? Six, six offices, um, mm-hmm. multiple 40 million plus uh, million. Yep. And, um, Alabama and, and Georgia in two states, Alabama, Georgia, you started, uh, Craig Wiggins coaching. You started Craig Wiggins brokerage. So, uh, Craig, where can, uh, the audience find you? Best way to get me is through email. Craig okay. Um, you can go to our website. That's www.craigwigginscoaching.com. Nice. But, uh, yeah. If I can help you send me an email, send me an email and, uh, I'll be glad to do anything I can. Yeah. You know, get you with me or somebody on my team. Um, we'd love to support you and, and work with you, whatever capacity we can. Absolutely. You can find him on Facebook and Instagram too. Craig Wiggins is a very personable guy. He answers everybody that reaches out to him personally, which blew my mind the first time I thought there'd be some admin answer in this or automatic reply, but no, it was Craig. So Craig, I appreciate you for being who you are and being who you are takes to know who you are. So I'm glad that you uh, have found who you are because by uh, finding who you are, you've helped me. I would say hundreds, if not thousands of people change their life for the better. I really appreciate you. You've helped my life. So I just want to thank you for being our first guest on uh, The Conviction of a Leader. Hey, guys, if you're listening, please like, follow, and subscribe. I look forward to finding more leaders like Craig. If you think that you are a great leader like Craig and you want to come on this show, shoot me an email. You'll see uh, all my information and Craig's information in the notes of the show. Craig, I just want to thank you. Thanks again. Thank you, man. And props to you. Congratulations to you for all your success and uh, for getting this started. I'm really proud of what you've been able to accomplish. And I think you're going to do really thank big you. things with this and, and help a lot of people. And I'm, I'm really glad that, you know, you're in my circle and I can call you one of my friends. So thanks for the invite. I really Amen. appreciate it. Amen. Thank you, Craig. Hi guys, I hope you liked my dad's podcast. Thanks for listening.